0: Welcome back to this episode where we will be discussing a sensitive and sometimes frightening topic to many parents and that's why and how to appropriately expose your children to the darkness in order to help them to be stronger and more prepared to face and fight evil and malice in the world. Now, this might seem crazy or like I said, terrifying. But listen to this episode to understand what we mean by this and why this is so important. Because malice and evil do exist in the world, just in case you're wondering, or, or like I used to be when I naively thought there were no, quote, bad people in the world or that bad things don't happen to me and my family. Greg and I will share some personal experiences of how we've encountered malice and evil We'll also touch on the law of attraction and expectation, which we believe in, and how that works into our encounters with evil in the world and why allowing your children to choose the music and movies they listen to or watch can be a helpful place to start discussions that should be taking place regularly if you want to help your kids to develop resilience in this important area. This episode is sponsored by Mr. Denning's Habits for a Successful Life live online class for teenagers. Greg and I studied personal development for over 20 years and we looked for a class that would teach our teenagers something more important than academics. Namely, we wanted them to practice self-leadership and to manage their mind and emotions and to develop habits in order to create a happy and fulfilled life. And when we could not find what we were looking for, we decided to create it ourselves. Teens absolutely love this class of Mr. Dangs and all of his stories from his travels to 48 countries. The most recent five-star review, which was left this week by a teenager, says, This class was amazing. It has helped me to get a new perspective and motivated me to shape my life into how I want it to turn out. I loved every minute of it, and I wholeheartedly recommend others try it as well. So if you have teenagers or know someone who does, please share this class with them. Go to WorldSchoolAcademy.com or ExtraordinaryFamilyLife.com
1: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Family Life podcast. Rachel and I are in our recording studio, which also happens to be our van.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Our adventure van. Our adventure van.
1: Uh, That's what it is today, because it's quieter out here with all the kids inside. And we have been sitting here now for 90 minutes talking about... What to talk about. What to talk about and how to present it. Because I I think... And we love to do this, actually. This is one of our favorite things. But ideas are complex. And life is rarely black and white. It can be so challenging to wrap your head around a principle or a philosophy or a practice and then draw a line. Some things are, are pretty clear cut. You're like, yeah, I can draw a line here. And other times you draw the line, but then somebody or something pops up or uh, offers a, a counter idea or there's a situation or circumstance and you're like, okay, yeah, that's an exception. And it gets, it gets challenging.
0: Well, and I think it's especially challenging with this subject today because we're talking about something that is very complex and it's so complex that in many ways I think it's avoided in general by parents. Agreed. Because we don't know how to address this. We don't know how to implement this into our family life and some of us believe, and I know we used to believe this, at least I used to believe this, that we don't need to implement this. That, in fact, ignoring this aspect of life is the best strategy to dealing with it.
1: Which is kind of this subtle hope that you never have to actually deal with it. Exactly. I, I think that's, I think that's a key component there. Sometimes we don't face and address things; we just hope the need never arises. Exactly. And that's, I, I hope. <laughs> I hope it never rises. I hope it never rises for me. I hope it never rises for you. But the fact of the matter is, if it does, and you're not prepared because you have, you had this avoidance hope strategy, which isn't a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. Then you can end up in a real
0: dark, dark race.
1: problem in a dark uh, a situation that might. Be, have irreparable damage, and that's why I feel drawn to talk about it today.
0: And it, I mean, we decided kind of to talk about it because you went to a Krav Maga class this morning, where your instructor, who is
1: so this this happens all the time. He's a he's a ninth degree uh, black belt, awesome guy. Uh, the two guys I train with, there's four of us, and they um, one's a retired SWAT, and the other one's active um, SWAT, and They always have stories. Every time I go, they have stories about, um, usually about victims. And it's interesting that it's the the decision-making process, and usually it was poor decisions, not understanding, not knowing, not knowing what to do, lack of awareness. Some kind of poor decision led to a very big problem. And it came up today again where there was a a real tragic story
0: this is a story that's in the news and we had heard about it before because I actually have a family member who's attending the college um where this girl was attending it was and she was abducted and so your SWAT instructor not your SWAT instructor your crowd instructor was discussing this Today. Yeah. And I, I hadn't
1: heard anything. I didn't I didn't you know, I rarely checked the and news. And we didn't even know
0: it was the same. Yeah, person. and we had no
1: idea it was the same connection until so right now we're sitting out here talking. We're like, wait a minute And we made the connection, but he was like, Yeah, it, it, it started with an online meetup. And and he was kinda just going off because again he's in this world. He's he teaches defense classes to women specifically. He's constantly working with um young adult women and, and training them teaching them he was just you know obviously feeling for this for this young woman and and the ah, the frustration there of like hey this kind of stuff can be prevented right if if you're if there's awareness and training
0: well and i guess i'm just going to give a quick recap of it was a college student she had arranged to meet up with a guy that she didn't know but had met online and some I don't know, a dating website or app.
1: And had arranged for him to pick her up.
0: And he ended up abducting her and taking her for maybe a week. But kept her locked in his basement where he raped her repeatedly. And she was found naked.
1: In the basement covered in coal. Yeah. Uh, anyways. just, uh, just Very a sad. Terrible, very disturbing. Uh, traumatic thing. In, ironically, this beautiful quiet little remote small town mm-hmm. where we think oh, well, those things sake. don't happen right and and again we we all want to have good safe comfortable secure lives and we want to live in places where it's predominantly safe and and, and it is for the most part for most of us um, those kind of things usually don't happen in our neighborhoods what's interesting though is those kind of things, terrible things, are happening all the time, mm-hmm. and there are victims every single day. And we don't, we don't hear about them all the time, and honestly, we don't want to hear about them all the time. That's pretty depressing. I don't even watch the news because it's so negative. But we have to have this, and this is why this this topic is difficult. Really, we, and this is why I feel strongly, we, and this is why Rachel and I have been sitting here talking about, like, how do we present this? Ultimately, I think we have to. We have a moral responsibility to prepare our children for possibilities.
0: Well, Uh, and by that you mean facing evil.
1: Evil, yep. And malice and darkness. Knowing that it's there, but when, age appropriate, and how to introduce them, to let them know that it does exist, and to prepare them in case they themselves are ever confronted with it or if they're ever physically present when somebody else is which both situations have happened to me where I um, somebody was you know, attacking me or I was present and saw as a bystander when somebody else was being robbed or assaulted or whatever I hope it again I hope it never happens I genuinely I mean that I hope it never happens but if it does I would much rather be prepared myself and have my children be prepared so we aren't helpless victims.
0: And part of what we were discussing and the message that we want to share is that one of the first steps to preparing yourself and to preparing your children is to not ignore it. To not completely shut it out of your life. To not talk about it to not see it to not just to pretend it's not there. When you when you do that, here's the irony because we do it with the best intentions. And I and I speak from experience because I went through a period of time while we were raising our children where I one believed it that there was no bad people in the world, just misguided people or just, you know, lower energy people. But when we do that with the these best intentions, the irony is that we're actually weakening ourselves and our children. Because as much as we want to believe, and I do believe, in the goodness of people, and the goodness of humanity, the reality is, there is evil out there. And this isn't just like a religious term, right? (laughs) It's a way to describe, it's a psychological term, almost, a way to describe the really, really bad things that do happen every single day. And so we have to be aware of that, we have to acknowledge it, and we have to appropriately come face to face with it, I guess.
1: And, and we wholeheartedly believe we, we did before and we do even after now, mm-hmm. having traveled to dozens of countries I, I wholeheartedly believe that the vast majority of people in the world are really, really good. I do. It is a tiny percentage of people, and even even them. Some of you might right, might right now be thinking, "Well, it's not that they're just bad. It's just that they know better. They make bad decisions, or it's a bad moment." And, and I can I can understand all of that and those positions and points. But I think, and here's the danger: if we don't at least face it, and Adr- somehow address it we lead ourselves and our families into a form of naivete that is actually extremely dangerous mm-hmm. and that's where there's real trouble and we've experienced that even in our own family there's been situations where that kind of naivete has been just really um, dangerous and detrimental detrimental we've seen it in so many others I, I I, I, we get to talk to so many people and it comes up in, in coaching or in our travels where we hear just tragic, tragic stories of abuses or crimes whatever it is, a, a huge mm-hmm. variety Rape. and rape is just rampant I think it's one in four girls now um, will be raped this is in the United States. One in four will be raped before they're 18. Um, th- th- it, those numbers are just horrific. And we again, we hope it doesn't happen to us. We think it won't happen to us. But one in four, those numbers well, are not in your favor. And it's, it's a massive problem. That, that's just one of the massive problems that needs to be addressed.
0: Well, and um, this is also fascinating because we did a lot of research and study about Dr. Amen and the work he's doing with brain imaging and we had the opportunity to have one of our children have a brain scan done and it was very fascinating because when the doctor was talking to us about the brain scan she was actually telling us um, when many of us go into fight or flight mode there's actually another element which is freeze so You know, our survival brain kicks on when we feel we're in danger, and it's fight, flight, or freeze. And she was saying the vast majority of rape victims actually usually go into freeze mode. So, I mean, that's just a very fascinating thing right there. That simply understanding something like, how does my brain operate when I'm scared, can help prevent, can help protect you against the evil in the world. Right, because if you know, hey, I go into freeze mode. If something bad happens to me, I need to be aware of that. That can be a key piece to protecting yourself. So it's
1: there's yeah. and I I, I got to address the the parenting side of that right now too. It's yeah. like okay, now how do each of my children handle this? And if you if you <laughs> Because you're like, I don't know, I've never been scared. Like, okay, you need to run some, like, simulations. You need right. to try something. Get in a safe environment. That's why simulations are so powerful, is you get in a safe environment where there's not a real threat, and you practice.
0: You pretend like there's you a threat. You pretend
1: there's a threat. What would you do? Right? That's helpful. That's helpful training. But maybe maybe you don't know. Or maybe you've had situations, but you didn't have the the, the awareness of, like, how does each child respond, and how would they respond And walk through these scenarios and I get it, man. I get this idea of like I don't want to talk about it, I don't don't want to address it, I don't want to scare my kids, I don't want to bring it up. But then I I get thinking of all the people I work with, and you know, those people never thought it would happen to them either. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like they were out looking for it. Sometimes I think we tell ourselves that, like, oh, they brought that on themselves. And obviously there there are situations like that. But nobody thinks, Oh yeah, you know, next month. We'll have some horrible thing happen to our family. They don't think it's going to happen. And, and I guess I, I want to be prepared. And I want our family to be prepared.
0: Well, and I, I want to touch back on this. Because, yes, you and I believe in the law of attraction. And we believe in, like, positive thinking and putting out good karma. That type of stuff. Like, we do believe in that. And yet, as much as we practice that or practice that as much as well as we can we have had bad things happen to our family. Traumatic things happen to our family. One of which happened to the whole family um, while we were driving through Mexico and got attacked by a mob. Right? Things happen that you may or may not have been attracted. I still am trying to figure out if we actually attracted that or it just happened, right? (laughs) But it happened, nonetheless. You,
1: you sound crazy when you say. Things I know like I that.
0: do, but I'm I'm just <laughs> being honest. Like, and,
1: and I'm well because and I have I've to say studied that too, all that. I'm right with her on that. We agree on that. Like, yeah. there's there's a lot more to it. We don't maybe we won't get into it right now, but there is an element of that at play in the world.
0: Absolutely, it's an element at play in the world, like gravity's at play in the world type thing. Um, and yet, bad things still happen. Now, sometimes they happen because you don't understand how you're using those laws, or you're misusing them, or you're just simply, it's the nature of existence in this world. The fact that 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 free will is a thing and some people are going to use their free will to hurt other people. And if
1: you study history, you begin to realize that having a decade or two or three or four or five of peace and safety is... An anomaly. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it is rare in the history of humanity to to go through decades like without having some serious threat. I mean, if you look at the course of humanity in history, it's more rare to have a peaceful life than mm-hmm. than to have threats all around you. That's crazy, and it's still happening right now in other countries and other places around the world. So we we live in this unbelievable time, but. And I, and I want to emphasize, like, we're not free of trouble. If you, if you think that's the case, just talk to any, you know, peace officer or...
0: Peace officer? Yeah,
1: they call them peace officers. Oh. <laughs> um, like, any of those things, they can tell you stories all day long. Things that are happening, you know, a couple miles away from you. That you're like, what? You have no idea what's going on. But anyways, I, what I'm feeling that I really want to express this, the reason I wanted to even bring this up, because we want our kids... And ourselves, to be sure of ourselves. You're in more danger when you are unsure of yourself. You are in more danger when you don't know how to think, especially how to think in a dangerous or or difficult or scary situation. In an emergency.
0: Even an emergency situation.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, so, so going back to this idea of that you're actually doing a disservice to your family, to yourself, to your children, when you avoid talking about, thinking about, imagining.
1: Running simulations. Running simulations.
0: These types of scenarios. And the reason we don't do it is because we are personally afraid. That's very often the reason. We're like, I don't want to talk about that because it's frightening. Mm -hmm. I don't want to think about what might happen that could be bad because that's terrifying. And, obviously, then if you're, like, into the law of attraction, you think, well, I just might attract that to myself if I think about it. But the truth is, when you think about it in an appropriate and effective way, meaning in a problem-solving way, in a how would I handle the situation way, you're actually preparing yourself and, in some ways, I would say preventing, actually. I think that when you are mentally and physically and emotionally prepared as much as possible to deal with potential dangers in the world, You well, like you were saying, you have a lot more confidence and you have the ability to think more clearly about what those situations look like and how you could respond to them. And it gives you a lot more power.
1: Exactly.
0: Because instead of operating from fear, you're operating from... Well, in some ways, it's a form of faith. Faith in your confidence.
1: And in your training, right? You've heard us repeat so many times this quote by Archilochus. We don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. And as you were just describing what you Mm -hmm. said there, that in in those situations, I know how to think. I know how to act. I can feel more confident. I can stay calm. All, All that came to mind is I've, been going to, to these Krav Maga classes and training with my kids, and then I go um, even more often and higher level training. I remember just a couple weeks ago walking out and being like, okay, I've repeated that so many times. Like, I, I feel really confident. Like, I wouldn't, somebody, w- one of the things we train a lot is how to defend yourself against uh, somebody with a knife. And and we've done that so many times at fast speeds, and it's just drilled into your... Muscle memory? Yeah, muscle memory neural network. I mean, it's in there. And I remember, like, I, I'm like, I, I think I got this. So if somebody walks up with a knife, I'm not going to freak out going, oh, crap, what do I do? I know now, I've done it so many times. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch him and see whatever move he makes and I know exactly what to do and I've done it so many times.
0: Well, it's very interesting too that you're talking about this with training because as I think through to our mob attack, one thing that comes to mind um, is this idea of being able to think through this scenario. And I guess just a quick recap for anyone who may not know about our mob attack. We were driving through Mexico, which we've done many, many, many times over the past 15 years. And um, we drove through a small town and our adventure van that we're in right now was surrounded by about 30 guys. Some of them had clubs, some of them have rocks. They pulled out tire shredders so we couldn't get out.
1: Most of them had masks on. They started which, slamming the side of the van with their They clubs. didn't have the masks
0: on because of COVID. They had the masks <laughs> on because I was trying to film them and they didn't want to be filmed. And they hit our van, they dented our van, they ripped my phone out of my, well, barely, almost ripped my phone out of my hand. They opened up our vehicle, tried to get us out. So it was a traumatic, potentially traumatic experience. Um,
1: Don't let this taint your view of Mexico. It's still awesome. Mexico's still back. awesome, we love it, <laughs> it's, we do. It's stories like this, people are like, see, I'm never going.
0: I know. <laughs> And well, I would go back we would still go back and drive through Mexico just not that part <laughs> um, but one of the things that we learned very powerfully was well one was that we had never considered that situation before you guys had been training in Krav Maga for the previous year and I remember you all of you I mean, I'm saying you guys because I haven't been training in Krav Maga, <laughs> so I have my own security detail. Um, you all just felt so confident, and in fact, our son was like, "Yeah, we should. I hope someone mugs us because this is going to be great. We're going to be like, whose turn is it? Let's take our, let's take turns practicing our Krav moves." You know, you were so confident with your ability to deal with small skirmishes. Yep that this took it to a whole new level it suddenly was. we're like wait a second we had never thought about that yep. we'd never considered what to do in that situation and then sorry i know you keep wanting to talk then you spent time thinking through it exactly. and so instead of us now feeling more afraid and not less likely to travel and we actually feel more confident because we're like okay now we thought through it we experienced that and now we have a better understanding of what it's like and what we could have done to protect ourselves in that situation. Exactly. Now, I still think your training helped a ton because oh, what massively. actually got us out of the situation was your ability to remain calm under pressure and to negotiate, which all of our kids, and you took that, listen to the Art of Negotiation by Chris Voss. Yep. Using that got us out.
1: I was able to stay calm and confident. They could tell I wasn't afraid of them. Mm-hmm. and that was important that was huge it was massive cuz they were they were trying to bully us like mobs do like bullies do they're trying to push around bullies make us afraid and i stood i i sat in here i didn't i didn't do what they said i didn't buckle their commands and and i just kept talking calmly to them and and it took about 30 minutes we talked our way out of a really bad situation but i think it's important that what rachel's saying is because we had talked through every kind of scenario with one or two or five or 10 people and with with we didn't have our oldest daughter she was in Texas but the three uh, older teens and myself we were ready they were ready mm-hmm. like they were going and we we, we still talked like hey if there'd only been maybe 10 of them i think it would have been a different story we would have we would have gotten out and practiced your skills practice <laughs> some skills but at 30 it was something we hadn't considered and so there's a there's a metaphor here there's a lesson here for all of us when you think through scenarios ahead of time, when you realize what could happen, again it's not fearful, it's for training, it's for it's confidence, training. it's learning how to think, how to act, how to make good decisions. And because that oh, situation, I was you guys should have seen me. I'm not an angry person. It was I'm angry. a very happy people. I was livid for like three days. Yes. And it was because I didn't I didn't know how to level the playing field. When you're outnumbered that big, like, what do you do? And now we have a solution. (laughs) Uh, We work through that scenario, right?
0: Well, I think... Because you can't...
1: Some of you are like, why do not you have a gun? Because you're not allowed to have any guns or bullets in Mexico. You're in deep trouble there.
0: And plus, beside the fact, the whole philosophy behind Krav Maga, in fact, the motto is so that one One may may walk in peace. And the reason that is is that the other amazing metaphor or idea I love is that behind the true definition of meekness which is someone who has a sword and knows how to use it and is dangerous but keeps it sheathed. That's true peace. True peace is not cowering from someone because you don't have the power to hurt them, if necessary, to defend yourself, that's not true peace. True peace is when you can hurt them and they can hurt you, but you both decide not to in order to maintain the peace. That's real peace there. And so it's the ability, well, back to the idea of your Krav training. Krav training is about avoiding violence whenever possible, but when it becomes violent, getting violent quickly and being more violent than the other person. Exactly. That's the idea, because that's what keeps you safe. You're gonna avoid violence at every cost, but if it goes violent, you're I'm gonna be going the most be, violent person. Exactly,
1: I'm gonna be the most violent. I'm gonna be the most dangerous man in that scenario.
0: Yes, but you're also gonna be the most peaceful man yep. until it's necessary. And afterwards. And afterwards, exactly, <laughs> right. So it's this idea that that's, that's where a true confidence comes from that's where true safety comes from because when you have the ability to protect yourself you actually reduce the need to protect yourself right
1: that's where that's where real strength is born exactly in that scenario i think sometimes well i don't know i don't know how to articulate this but if you're if you're not exposed to it ever that, that doesn't make you sh- strong it's uh, help me help me with this it's, it's like in the it's like you think you think you have strength when you you've never uh, you never even have come in contact with it, right you, you feel like you'll make good choices but you've the choice has never been offered yes. to you
0: exactly I mean the way Jordan Pearson puts it is that the only way to truly have virtue which is ultimate goodness is not by avoiding evil, but by recognizing you could choose either. You could choose good or you could choose evil, but you choose the good because you've seen both, not because you don't know about the other option. If you don't know about evil, if you don't know about your own dark side, you're not really good. You're just naive.
1: And that's that that concept, if it's new to you,
0: it, it seems it's,
1: it's a challenging idea.
0: Wrong or, or off or like very uncomfortable for sure you're like what
1: but who do we who do we admire most who do we value who are are inspired by the most it's those who had the opportunity to do wrong and chose right Mm -hmm. those who faced the darkness and triumph You know, none of us are, like, looking for the hero who never went anywhere or did anything. (laughs) Right. Right? But just
0: avoided everything bad and hard in the world.
1: (laughs) Can can you imagine, like, two heroes' journeys kind of side by side? One drawing, like, he goes through the darkness and conquers all the enemies and goes through all these horrible things. His transformation is terrible. And the other one's like, I just stayed at home and watched... Netflix and it was awesome. only the
0: good shows too. I only
1: watched good shows, not the violent ones. I never did anything. I never saw some all that terrible stuff in the world. I don't want to see any of that,
0: right? <laughs> and you're like, that's that's not a hero's journey. That's not journey. goodness. That's, that's just naivety. Right. That's all it is. And so yes, it is very challenging. And it is. It does seem. And I know for ourselves when we came face to face with these ideas at first, they seemed wrong. There seemed something was bad about the ideas themselves because we wanted the goodness. We wanted the peace. We wanted the love. But you can really only have that when you also have the power to face the darkness.
1: So what we're maybe trying to say here is that true goodness, through and through, real strength, comes from going out into the world with all that's out there. And staying strong, and being virtuous, and choosing good, and being prepared, and handling situations and circumstances and emergencies and and all the craziness. That like that's that's powerful, that's inspiring. That what is that's true
0: competence, competence, and wholeness.
1: Like I, I can. I can tell you guys how amazing I am at tennis. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with something, right? Or I'm this awesome dancer, or okay, here here's a good one. You just think, man, I can sing like nobody's business. I, you know, in your own mind, it's just it's this delusion that many of us get into, right? You think you sing in the shower, and so you feel like you sing like Andrea Bocelli, right? <laughs> and then. You get invited to a recital, and you sound like a drowning duck, <laughs> right? Or the the bird and uh, the Little Mermaid, right? The seagull. It, it's exposure. Does that make sense? That you're rolling there, like I can I can sing in my shower and think I'm the best singer, but when I get out and I really sing, and it's it, it, it there's a performance, so to speak.
0: Well, in some ways, it's a comparison in that you're being compared to other capabilities out there.
1: And to standards.
0: And to standards. And
1: and I'm being tested.
0: You're being tested. And so this idea applies in that you want to test yourself with, I I don't even know how to word this or articulate it the right way, because it sounds weird. Test yourself with evil or darkness, and that's not what I'm saying. that could
1: go really bad i
0: know (laughs) (laughs) but test yourself with your ability to stand up to those things and to combat those things before you're really tested because that's the wrong time to be tested in fact that's the worst time that's the most dangerous time to be tested Um, yeah
1: to find out that then when it's too late that you're ill prepared now to not be misunderstood here we're not saying you go out and you seek out Evil and darkness
0: Or but that th- you commit it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, not we're not saying that We're not either. condoning any
1: of that What we're saying is don't just Ignore it Exist in your little in bubble, bubble Pretending it's not there Trying as hard as you can to ignore it Crossing your fingers Hoping you're never exposed Your kids will spend their entire lives Never being exposed to it Like that's just and, not
0: strength And we, I, I'm going to point out A few ways that we see this Um, in really great families and this can be just families in general definitely in homeschooling families we see this with this whole bubble mentality of just protecting them so to say from everything in the world that includes bad music, bad movies, bad friends whatever fill in the blanks when the reality is your children need exposure to those things in order for them to develop strength of character now that can be misconstrued and misinterpreted and it can also be applied at the wrong times i'm not saying that should happen to your kindergartner there we believe in this greenhouse principle well where when they're younger it is great to have that little bubble that protects them that builds some strength there i do believe in that But when it's appropriate, and especially when it's natural, we shouldn't be sheltering our kids from those types of things.
1: And this has to be done. It has to be done in the right way. And and each child is different. Each child's uh, cognitive ability
0: and maturity
1: to even well, and we Rachel, this is one of the things we were talking about. Is each child has to be not only be able to understand it but be able to implement implement adequately apply it. And that, again, takes training and practice, but we don't, So, so at the right time, when it's appropriate, we want to take our kids and let them know what does happen and and this is we love doing this like as our family devotionals or just family discussions. We talk about several time and we'll we'll share things that have happened to people we know or happened in the news or we hear stories and we don't we don't hide this from our kids. I see I see parents do this. They they don't tell their kids any of it. And I I can see why they're doing it, but there's a there's a time and a place Again, we don't we don't want to be fearful, though. I I, I want to go to both sides here. I'm like, no, you don't want to be fearful. You don't want to be negative. You don't want to paint this picture of the world's terrible and right. rotten.
0: That's the other podcast, though. Okay. Which we've covered. Yeah. I so, mean, we've covered that side of it. We're trying to cover this side of it because this, this side is this important. This side,
1: then, you say, okay, kids, this is what happened. Let's go. The term Rachel and I like to use is go upstream. Let's go upstream a little bit. What could have prevented this? guess as a, as a, as a husband, as a father, as a mentor, a coach, a leader, as a man, I look at any scenario and think, could this have been prevented? Man, and that fires me up. When there are so many situations that easily could have been prevented, and then that drives me to want to help and teach and train people. This is really the driving force behind this episode. Like, if, it, if it's preventable, man, let's prevent it.
0: But the only way it's actually preventable is by talking about it and thinking through it and saying, what could prevent this from happening, from getting raped or from being mugged or from getting attacked or fill in the blank? Like, what could prevent this from happening? But if it never comes up, if you never talk about it, if you always avoid it, if you never see a movie that that happens in, or even, oh, so I'm going to bring up the music thing. Even things with music. Because we, in, with the best intentions, we want to make sure our kids are listening to good music. Quote, unquote. Whatever that means to you. Well, I believe that children, not children, I'm going to say teenagers specifically. Teenagers should be able to pick their music. Because, for one, music is this very important representation of life. Like it's v- it has a lot of meaning to it and there's a lot of levels and it's an expression of the time they're in and the 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 mood not time they're in meaning like the the time like what what time like period are we living in and what's the energy societal the, time oh, yeah like
1: cuz that you're right it's and a representation as you were saying that i'm like oh my goodness look at the popular music they're telling you the condition of society
0: right
1: <laughs> and, okay. and right now There's a lot
0: of trash. And it's in the music. But if you just say, well, I'm just going to have my kids avoid listening to that music. Guess what? All you're doing is cutting them off from what's happening in the world. Now, the reason why I'm saying they should be able to choose it is because when they choose it, they get to make the choices about how music affects them and whether or not they continue to listen to it. If they are told by their parents what they get to listen to, they're not involved in that decision-making process. Besides the fact that when you, when you hear a song and you connect to it, there's some, something on a psychological level that's happening that causes you to connect to that song. And that right there can be super powerful. If you're able to have... Here's the here's the key piece is you're having conversations with your kids about their music. Why do you like this song?
1: That's what I was going to say. Let's talk about This it. cannot be a passive...
0: Yeah, it's not just a passive not, thing. Okay,
1: oh man, uh, right, let me jump in. None of what we are saying will work if you are a passive parent. Right. If you're this like, hey... permissive you know, parenting. You just watch whatever you want, listen to whatever you want. You guys need to see what the world's like. Yeah. Go ahead and go out. Yeah. Like, that will not work. This is... This will only work in very proactive parenting. So if you if you have a passive parenting style, I'm going to say stop doing that. <laughs> Be proactive. But if you're just like, no, I'm going to stay passive, then you can just disregard a lot of what we're saying. Because it will backfire and implode and explode in your family if you're not very proactive. Just allowing your kids to watch or listen or do whatever they want without, without real discussion. hands-on discussion, helping them learn how to think through, make the decisions, understand what's actually being said, why it even matters. Right. If you're not really engaged, this won't work. It'll backfire.
0: So our kids will listen to songs or even watch movies that we're kind of like, oh, But then we talk about them. We're like, why do you like that song? Like, what, what does it mean to you? And it's amazing that the meaning they give it is often very different than the meaning we give it or the interpretation we have about it. And so, essentially what we're doing is helping them to process it on their own so that they can understand themselves and better understand the world and make appropriate decisions about that. Besides the fact that because... This only works,
1: you guys. May I jump in right there? This only works because they play their music in our home. There's no, like... Secret playlists that they're listening to the away from us, right? We know and they're hear allowed to
0: play whatever they're they playing music all the time, and we
1: hear it. And what happens so often is I'll be like, "Hmm, that's an interesting phrase, guys. Uh, you like this song?" And they're like, "What?" And like, he just said this, and I'm like, "What does that mean?" And then we get into it, and Rachel does. The well, same that's thing. what I was about okay. to say.
0: That that's the other piece of it is that because it does represent what's happening in the world you know it's pop culture it's what's going on in the world and so it will have words or phrases or innuendos or different things and we then that provides an opportunity to talk about what that actually means right what does it mean when they say this what is this word which it might be referring to drugs then my kids are talking to us about drugs instead of to their friends or just looking it up, or you know what I mean? Anything like that. They're actually having the conversation with us about it instead of somebody else. So it actually provides this talking point for you to have conversations with your kids when done in an appropriate way. So, I mean, that's one extensive yet simple example of how to not completely shelter your kids from the world is by allowing them to pick their own music. It's a very simple thing because they're going to be drawn to certain things and that's a great way to understand where they are what they're feeling what they're understanding what they're thinking and a great way to to start conversations with them about some of the ugly stuff in the world that's going on drugs and sex and drinking and even violence and all other types of things when when they're exposed in that simple way and same thing with movies it's a way for you to while they're in your home, while they're under your roof, be able to have conversations about what the world is actually like.
1: That's, that's the power of mentoring and coaching and teaching right there. I do want to emphasize that there is a lot of preparation. I would say years of preparation that lead up to then the healthy and appropriate exposure to things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mindset training and and just Habit being training, really cognizant of the mental state of your kids. If, if you if you haven't helped them get into a really good mental state and in a, a place of of security and confidence and self worth, like introducing some of these things is, is like introducing
0: it can be dangerous. Yeah, it can be really
1: bad. And, but I want to add too is like the books we read, the the movies we watch. Some some songs, some movies, some books are just trash. There's, there's no real value, there's no real lessons some of them are just just garbage just, just darkness, malice, evil, they're just trashy others have elements of darkness darkness and malice and evil as part of a narrative for archetypal lessons mm-hmm. and so the movie might have a tough rating or tough content or the book might be Man, that's hard to get through but the point is they're taking you through the darkness to the light on the other side. They're
0: mm-hmm.
1: walking through either fictional or real stories. I mean, I've read some true books, biographies, autobiographies, or stories that are so hard to get through. And the darkness and the malice. Wow. I mean, it's, it's tough to get through those books. But I think at a certain point in life, it's important to go through those books, absolutely, or movies, or stories, to understand the reality of things that have happened, are happening, and will happen. Mm-hmm. That it takes it takes a lot of wisdom, a lot of understanding. I guess I guess our overall message is: don't ignore it, don't pretend it's not there, don't think that avoiding it completely will somehow... Make it go away. Make it go away or keep you exempt from ever right. experiencing it. Right. It's just not...
0: Well... It's not realistic. And I, I want to bring up one other thing because I know that this has been an issue for me and I know it's an issue for a lot of moms and that's this fear and dread that mothers have about bad things happening to their children. And this can be... You know, worrying about them getting hurt, worrying about them dying, worrying about whatever. I mean, there's all levels of this worry that mothers can experience. And a lot of what we have been talking about today, I think applies to this as well. Because the normal response for moms, and I know for me for a while, was to just avoid thinking about this. Because you would start thinking about it And then you would just, I would get overcome with this horrible dread and like sadness and terrifying, overwhelming fear.
1: Which is crippling.
0: Crippling fear, okay? And then it seemed like the only thing I could do was to just push it away and try to ignore it. That was my strategy. But the reality is, just like what we've been talking about today, it doesn't work in the long run. It doesn't help you and it doesn't make the fear go away. Interestingly, what I have found that does work is when I actually go there mentally and walk through the process like we have been talking about of how I would prepare. First, how I could prepare to prevent such things from happening and if they happened anyways, what I would actually do. I've literally thought through the process of what I would do if one of my children died and mentally realized that I would cry my eyes out, I would be absolutely devastated, but over time, and it might be a year, two years, 10 years, life would go back to normal. And because I've walked through that process, the fears have pretty much gone away. Like, obviously I think fear doesn't go away 100%. I still will get nervous if my kids are doing something that I'm like, oh, they're going to get hurt. But the crippling fear that I used to experience, I no longer have. And I think it comes by realizing, you know what? Ultimately I could survive.
1: It's it's walking over to... Darkness
0: mm-hmm.
1: to the abyss,
0: right? Facing the abyss
1: to the shadow, turning and, and looking it in the eye, so mm-hmm. to speak, and processing that. There's so much power there. It, it seems interesting. It seems crazy. It seems mm-hmm. ironic. Like it seems counterintuitive that, like, the the way to overcome it or transcend it or rise above it is to face it. Mm-hmm. But that's been true with every sort of preparation. The more prepared you are, whether it's to speak in public, which terrifies people, or to perform at a recital, or to go to a championship in sports, or to prepare for a fight. Whatever it is, the more you have trained, the more you have prepared, the more you've thought through it and practiced again and again and again, The more you can confidently step up and say, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. You might still be nervous, you might get butterflies, you might be scared. But you can stand up and say, let's go. Exactly. That is power.
0: Right. That
1: is strength versus the naivete of, of hiding and hoping.
0: Right. Because the fear then just makes you cower. Or run away.
1: And then what's your strategy?
0: And then you what's stay your strategy? Home.
1: You stay home. You stay home. You don't go anywhere, kids don't go anywhere. We're just living our little bubble here and, and to all to avoid well.
0: all potential danger. Yes. And so you end up not living life.
1: Because you're afraid of anything that could happen.
0: Exactly. Where if instead you walk through mentally what could happen and then prepare yourself as much as possible, you've just grown in confidence and you're able to at least go out there with courage to face the world. And I have
1: to... I have to blow up a little bit of a a bubble here that some people live in. They think that their place... that bad things don't happen. You might live in a small town or you might live in a really good neighborhood or a gated community or this special spot where nothing bad happens. And yet the reality is if you knew... What was happening, like, it would change your reality. It, and there's <laughs> someone... We have these conversations every morning. Another one this morning. They just... These guys are so full of information. It's, it's hilarious. We walk in at there... At Yeah, crop. So we're in training at Crop, and they're just constantly telling stories. We're just training, and they're like, oh, yeah, the nicest house in the nicest gated community on the golf course, like, the best place, just got totally robbed and ransacked. They went in, just, ba took it all. And this happened over the weekend, right? And I'm like, okay, so... You know, these are people living in those areas. Or, and again, I'm not trying to like scare you, but I kind of am. So sorry <laughs> now, sorry. Um, I, I I remember one time sitting down with somebody, and I don't know how it came up, but we were talking about, you know, sex offenders. You guys, I've uh, I've had people come to me and privately tell me the most tragic. Horrendous stories about it's either they it happened to them or to their children. Of they thought you know, so and so down the road was totally trustworthy guy, and just these horrible Mm. child, you know, sexual child abuse and sex uh, offense. Just the most tragic stories. But I remember having this conversation with. I can't even remember where we were, who we were talking to, and they're like, "No, no, no." like, there's nobody like that around." Well, like, we live in one of the best areas, and I'm like, "Don't count on it." Like, no, we totally do. I'm like, "Let's pull up the child uh, sex offender registry and look in your neighborhood," and like, I remember looking at the map, and their whole neighborhood was checkered with registered sex offenders. I was like, "There you go. You think you live in this?" protected little spot (laughs) I sound like I'm the guy like the world is evil watch (laughs) out it's everywhere you'll never escape like I believe the world is good but we have to acknowledge the malice
0: and a lot of people may not know this about us I mean we have traveled to 38 to 48 countries on 5 continents but part of what gave us the confidence confidence and ability to do that had to do a lot with your training you had EMT training you had all of this I don't even know what to call it it's like this preparedness type training where you're constantly on the lookout for potential dangers pickpocketers theft this that or the other like you've always been even before I was aware of it that you were doing this you've always been doing this partly because of your growing up background and you're spending time in really really tough neighborhoods and having been robbed and all these other things that had happened to you you've always thought that way through all of our travels now originally I know you had this thinking where you didn't tell me that because you didn't want me to you you didn't want us to be attracting those types of things
1: or to be afraid by talking about it
0: it or by being afraid of it and yet as we've grown and learned more and understood more about psychology and the world, we realize that done in the right way, it's not attracting and it's not being afraid. It's just simple preparedness.
1: It's empowering.
0: It's empowering. And it's it's giving you the capability to handle what might happen. Yep. Whoa. So
1: this is this is
0: this has been a thought. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's heavy. It's complex. It needs to be done with wisdom and skill.
0: And it comes on the opposite side of the coin. You guys hopefully understand my coin metaphor now, that everything in life is a two-sided coin. It's a dichotomy, and it includes opposing, seemingly opposing viewpoints that are actually both true. This comes on the other side of the coin of our travel to many countries. I mean, we were living in a Muslim country when Paris was attacked by ISIS or whatever, and the United States government made a travel advisory that Americans should not travel to any countries in the world, and we were living in Morocco. And we remember thinking, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, why, why would you just say, don't travel anywhere in the world? that's fear-based um, thinking and that's not our approach that's not what we're saying here this is not a cover your butt don't go anywhere or do anything approach it's understand the potential risks understand how to prepare yourself to meet them don't avoid the darkness if it comes look it in the face don't shelter your children from the darkness let them decide for themselves let them listen to the music they want to listen to and and watch the movies they want to listen to so that you can use it as a talking point, a discussion starter to dive deeper into these tougher issues because they have to be addressed. They have to be covered if you want yourself and your children to be strong and confidently prepared to actually face the world
1: the imagery i have in my mind right now is with my arm around my kids and together we walk up to the abyss and
0: which I, I, sometimes I, for you has been a movie you will intentionally watch movies with them
1: yeah, that are and I'll, and I'll tell them i'll explain disturbing. why and what what's the point of it it's not just to exposure to stupidities like some but like hey i'm going to fear figuratively put my arm around your shoulder here and and then together we're going to walk up to the darkness but it was true with my little brother taking his life this Mm -hmm. year, earlier this year we told them everything we didn't hold back on the details Mm
0: -hmm.
1: put my arm around him, they put their arm around me because it was so hard for me and we walked right up to the darkness of the the horrible reality of drug drug addiction. And suicide and the tragedy of it all. I wasn't gonna shelter them from that. I wanted to learn from it. That was it, mm-hmm. that was a perfect teaching moment of facing the darkness together and the reality of what that ugliness looks like, what's out there. So, anyways, let's let's face, face the, darkness the darkness together.
0: Let's
1: do it and be prepared and be tough be dangerous in the best way possible.
0: Which means being capable.
1: Strong. Competent. Ready. All right. Love you guys. Reach out.
0: Hey, if you're still here, thank you so much for listening. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and you have chosen to listen to ours. Thank you for that. If you have found value in this episode, please consider rating it Or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. And please share it with someone who you think would enjoy it. You can also find the show notes for this episode at ExtraordinaryFamilyLife.com. And that is also the place where you can take the next step to level up your family life. You can take a course or a challenge or a workshop or receive coaching from Greg and me in marriage, parenting, money, and education. Greg also has his Be the Man Masterclass, where an elite tribe of husbands and fathers connect to help each other unlock their untapped potential and to finally attain the results they've been struggling to achieve. Visit ExtraordinaryFamilyLife.com for this and our other offerings.